hello once again to this ever-spacious, ever-growing, ever-appreciated Cobalt Cave that everyone seems to love to flock to. All are welcome. Um, have you been, have we you been again? excavating again? Is that... Yeah, basically burrowing deep. La- it's bigger than last yeah. time. You've been... We're trying to... It's basically we're trying to build an extension. Oh, right. Uh, did, did you get we, permission from the council for that first? We don't have planning permission. We're going rogue. We're just going just rogue. We're just doing it. Yeah, and all right. hopefully no one will notice. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, we are back with another episode of Two Kobolds in a Trench Coat, or as some, some other people like to call it, Two Trench Coats in a Kobold. Yeah. Um, either's acceptable. We don't mind. Although, <laughs> although I yeah, would much so, prefer not to have a trench, don't shove a trench coat in me, please. I'd rather you didn't. No, that's oh, that sounds any other lizards. No, any other lizards not, you may find. Please do not do shove either. a trench coat in a lizard, okay? It's <laughs> no. not... It's, it's not I cool. don't think it's it'll not go fun. down well. You know, yeah. Especially if it bites, you know, it's not going to go down well. Don't do it. Um. We won't be impressed. No. But, um, <laughs> so here we are this week. This week's episode, we are talking about unappreciated game mechanics. So, well, or underappreciated, we Under. should say. Under-appreciated, underappreciated. Or underutilized. Yeah. So things that we have noticed don't get used to full effect or don't work in a way Mm. that, you know. So this episode, I wanted to talk about inspiration because it's been bugging me. (laughs) it has been really bugging me because I noticed that there is a big disparity in the users of inspiration, like the givers of inspiration and the non-givers of inspiration. So you've got the DMs that just don't give inspiration and you've got Mm. the DMs that do. And it's like, why is there such a big gap? Why is there such a, you know, it's there for a reason. It's a mechanic. It's in the game. You can use it. It's a reward. Now, is that seen mm. as like it's too much on a, uh, giving the players an advantage? See, I don't think it is, though. It's no different to strategically placing yourself to gain sneak attack or anything like that you know you get pack tactics that the kobolds used to get it's it's no different strategically to that Mm. it's an advantage that you place yourself in a position where you can use it and you would have to decide when to use it so when the inspiration is offered to the player they gain it they can only gain one okay you have to use it well you have to use it wisely if you don't use it sometimes some dms say don't use it lose it which is fair you know in my games we have certain types of inspiration that only last 24 hours so the next dawn they expire so if you literally don't use it you lose it but i don't understand not offering not offering it to your players i don't understand why there are people out there that wouldn't offer inspiration because 
is it not an encouragement to think outside the box to come up with creative new ways to do things i don't i don't get it i think that inspiration is underutilized underappreciated and generally i don't think it's understood and i think that's a shame that's fair yeah i i just wondered then if some dms are thinking you know, and I don't know if you're a DM out there, let us know. Uh, at two key at podcast, let us know. But I just wondered if maybe they feel like, well, maybe the play it was good, but it's not they haven't earned it or they haven't done enough for me to warrant that inspiration. Whereas my belief is hand it out like it's confetti. Who cares? If it means you get inspiration, you get a, 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 an, a an extra sort of what an advantage or a pl- or whatever on a, an ability check or whatever, then, then fair enough. It just I don't know. Don't be stingy. Hand them out. (laughs) Okay. So the thing about inspiration is uh, it is a mechanic that is built into, um, it's built into D and D fifth edition. It's built into Mm -hmm. previous editions of uh, D and D, but I still feel like in a lot of ways, it's not that well utilized it doesn't seem to have much meaning to a lot of people and i wonder why that is because it feels like it should be quite obvious it it feels like it, it should be a really obvious mechanic like what it's for what it should be given out for what it what it does yeah but sometimes i feel like actually People don't. It they they don't understand what it's for. So in in the players uh, in the dungeon master's guide, sorry, it's it's explained as an effective way to encourage role playing and risk taking. It gives an obvious benefit, being able to gain advantage on one ability check attack roll or saving throw, but you cannot have yeah. more than one at any one time so that seems pretty straightforward to me that's it okay it's literally a reward system it's a bonus that you can give your players for good role play for a victory for an act of heroism for uh emulation so like uh the genre so thinking about the motifs of the genre and things like that or maybe they've done something toward character growth yeah that's what that those kinds of things so that to me is what you would award inspiration for it's not i don't think it should be handed out willy-nilly by any you know stretch, no. any stretch. yeah but i feel that it is underutilized i feel that there have been some in some actual plays that I've listened to or I've watched, there have been instances where I thought, that was fucking epic. How have they yeah. not been given inspiration for that? That was that was so that was so clever. That was so well done. Yeah. And it's not been given. And it just seems like a shame to me that it's not being used more than as it well is. as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I like feel so. I feel like 
it's meant to be a reward and I don't feel it's getting used in that way. I feel that it's, you know. I kind of, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel whether it's something like people, are people scared to give inspiration because they're like, oh, it's, do people consider it game breaking? I don't know. It doesn't think, sound like it. But So the DMs guide does say that some DMs feel it adds a layer of metagame thinking. Yeah. Um, or that they feel that heroism, roleplay and other parts of the game are their own rewards and don't need incentives. But actually, the, I think that those, in, whether or not the game needs those incentives, whether or not the role-playing, the heroism are their own rewards, sometimes it's yeah. nice to have something tangible. Yeah, and I also think if you're creative enough to come up with a solution to a situation, um, uh, then, yeah, you, that should be a reward for achieving that. It's just for inspiration. You've got 24 hours in the game to use it, and that's that. Use it whenever mm. you want. And I think maybe, like you say, yeah, it's it's that thing of use it more often. Don't be scared of it, essentially. Don't be scared to give inspiration to players. See, I I did play a campaign once where this was quite a while ago. Uh, they inspiration wasn't a thing, and it was like, oh no, we we don't use inspiration. Uh, you you know, it it doesn't need it because yeah. it's a role playing game. You don't need it. But the quality of the role play in that game was significantly lower than in any of the other games. Yeah. And when I mentioned that I didn't feel that we were really getting into the role play, one of the other players actually said, there's no point. We don't get anything from it. And I felt a bit sad about that because, you know, role playing for me is is fun. Yeah, definitely. Without that. Yeah. And there has to be an incentive to to keep you know get good role playing because it's like if there's no goal or there's no like reward in a sense it sounds doesn't sound right saying you should be reward you know there's no reward um, but yeah like you say if, if uh, yeah it's, it's a it's, tough one it's a tough one see I get it I I do get that you know role playing should be its own reward role playing is fun. Hmm. But I feel that it's something that you should reward. You know, improving role-playing or opening up new avenues for role-playing that you wouldn't otherwise because you might get inspiration. You know, people say, oh, well, I do these things because I might get inspiration. And, you know, that's that's uh, something that I, you know, it's like another risk. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do this role play, and I might get inspiration. I might not. Whereas most people that aren't going to get inspiration, regardless, are just like, well, not really much point in doing that because I'm not going to get anything for it. It's not going to go anywhere. I think it's it's nice if you reward a player who maybe isn't great at role playing, but they you've seen an an, an added sort of like 
growth in that they've improved, they've become more confident at the table and so forth. And I think that's a good encouragement mm. in See, that sense. I, I love giving inspiration to my players. I love it. I, I adore giving inspiration to my players. And I give mm-hmm. them I give them different types of inspiration um, or, you know, different rewards for achieving certain things because – yeah. I like rewarding my players, you know, I like giving them a reason to do certain things. Um, So, for example, I give inspiration to my characters when they have a particularly memorable social moment between each other. So they, they might, you know, achieve very little except, you know, good chat, buddy, good chat. But if it yeah. was fun, if it was funny, it deserves rewarding. So they get inspiration for coming out and doing something obscure pointless but utterly heartfelt i i love that i think that's wonderful i also give them bond points which are basically they're basically like a point that you can spend to to do fun shit um so you can do like combination moves with each other and yeah. you eliminate the need for one of the roles that you would normally yeah. need for that kind of thing. So basically, you spend a point and you get an auto success on part of it. Um, so it makes it easier. Uh, so the more points you have with a particular person, the more fun shit you can do with them. Uh, and yeah. you can spend multiple bond points to guarantee success in a certain task if it you know if it's actually feasible to do so in that way so you can gather up these bond points and they're given for social situations as well they've also got the well rested bonus which is basically mm-hmm. a free inspiration that they can use simply because they went out of their way to find a bed for the night That's because a good option i'm just going to say sleeping on the ground Day after day after day after day. doesn't matter how used to it you are. Nothing beats a night in a good bed. Nothing. Or even a bad no bed. No fun on that one. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah. Even if it's a bad a bed, bed it's a bed. It's not the cold, hard floor. It is a bed. And for me, if they go out of their way to find somewhere comfortable to sleep for the night, rather than just, oh, we'll camp here. Mm. Yeah, Okay. Camping out in the middle of the forest might have opportunities for, you know, random encounters. But visiting an inn might offer opportunities for secrets and hearsay to come into play. Or maybe they meet a new NPC, you know. But on top of that, they get to sleep in a nice bed. And it's like, well, you went out of your way to, you know strategically arrange your time you know i'm actually i'm going to reward you for that you find an inn you sleep in it that's you know that's smart so i let them have a 24-hour inspiration of it runs out after 24 hours it runs out the next dawn unless you sleep in a bed again in which case you get it back (laughs) yeah definitely now could you have just a thought, like a sliding scale, like depending on what you do, you get a, uh, an inspiration. I mean, you could change this up. This is just an idea. Like a D4 for one thing, a D6 for something else, 
And, you know, a bit like a bard's inspiration levels up. But could you give that as a DM? I suppose you could. So... I mean, I mean, what's the bard's highest it can go to? A D8? No, it can be higher than a D8. I think it's a D12. Is it D10? 12, I think, okay. I think well, it's okay. a 12. Then let's, okay, let's just say you can go up to a D12 then. Depending on, you know, how, what they do and how high a level they are. Yeah. Could that be something that someone could include as like a sliding scale for, you know... You know what, I suppose it could, you know, the the quality. I think the only thing that I would be worried about there is how do you gauge? I I suppose you would Um, have to have a set gauge for what constitutes a D4, what constitutes a D8, what's a D10, uh, what's a D12, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at something like epicness, whatever that means, in a situation and the D12, or maybe you cut off at a D8 and go as far, D8 is the highest I'll give, but it has to be really epic for that to work. You know, usually it's a D4 or a D6, but a D8 is like something, if the player goes, does something truly epic that everyone's like, oh, wow. And the DM's like, yeah, that was really creative. Then you'll get a D8 for, like you say, 24 hours to use on whatever. You add a D8 to whatever you roll and go from there. Maybe that's something that, people could play with i don't know just an idea mm. it's just i just think it's a shame that it that i've seen inspiration so sporadically used it, it's really maybe yeah. i'm just watching maybe i'm watching the wrong podcasts <laughs> or, or um, videos or whatever but yeah the just, actual plays maybe yeah well, i don't know it's, maybe, it's a hard one i don't you don't see it given out often i mean even on like let's just say something on critical role i don't think i've ever seen inspiration being given on that i think i've seen i've seen it a few times but i don't i don't recall a specific instance where it was like oh my god that was amazing here have some inspiration i do know it's been given out but i just i just don't it's very like you say it's very rare very rare like other games very rare yeah and i feel like it just doesn't get enough love i feel like it's something Maybe I just maybe I overlove inspiration. Maybe I give it out too much. But something that I've noted about my group is that they are very, very reticent to use their inspiration. Oh, really? Yeah, they really don't like using it. They they seem to be like, oh no, I might need it later. It's like, what? Just I've given it to you for a reason. Come on, I literally gave. I've given it to you to use. You can get more. I'm not. I'm clearly not yeah. stingy. I'm. I've even said to them, "Oh, I can't offer you inspiration because you've already got it." And it's like you haven't used it, so I can't. You give haven't you used one. it, so I can't <laughs> give you another one. I want to give yeah, you more, give but you you're more. not using it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work and like that, guys. I think the only, the only time that changed was when they were facing up against. I, I don't remember the creature. It was some kind of fiend that st- still souls or whatever. Mm. Um, and it um, it was on their way to them. And I said, yeah, you don't think you can like fight this? You can probably outrun it. Yeah. 
and then they failed their role and they used like they used them then and it's like (sighs) but other than that they don't really seem to want to use them and that makes me like but i can't give you more yeah i can't give you more if you if you don't if you don't use it if you don't use it how can i give it to you this isn't fair no, exactly. So after inspiration, then another, and I think we spoke about this before we started recording, the social mechanics you mentioned. Yes. Which I thought was an interesting one because um, not many people, well, I mean, may, maybe more games than we realize, uh, use that, like the, the, the persuasion, the intimidation, the, the deception, that sort of stuff in that sort of situation. I mean, like, for example, I've, you know, People uh, dabbled in Pathfinder. If you're out there and you, you play a lot of Pathfinder, let us know. Um, but one specifically, one stat that I thought was interesting in Pathfinder is diplomacy. And it's your influence, uh, you influence others through negotiation and flattery. So that feels to me that that's going to be, that's a social role that's going to be used more often than, say, in the D&D world. The, the, um, in the, persuasion or anything like that so i think yeah i think that there has to be you have to understand that there is a difference between persuasion and diplomacy Mm. because what what 5e lacks is a stat that literally goes around negotiation Mm. to come into a mutual consensus. Persuasion is about getting the other person to do what you want. Diplomacy. Yeah. 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 Diplomacy is about finding that middle ground. You know? Yeah. I mean, you've even got a couple of options under diplomacy that I'm just looking at here. It's like gather information, make an impression, request uh, you can make a request of a creature that's friendly or helpful to you when you make an impression with at least one minute of conversation during which you engage in charismatic overtures, flattery and other acts of goodwill. You seek to make a good impression on someone to make them temporarily agreeable. So let's just say in the setting, this is a path, this is Pathfinder, for example. So say if you're in a setting where you're in a town and you want to make good with the town officials, make an impression under the diplomacy rule, that's what you're going for. And like yeah. gather information, much like, you know, you want to sort of, you canvas local markets, taverns and gathering places in an attempt to learn about a specific individual or topic. So you're trying to source information of someone you're looking for or someone like that. So these are skills. These are things that I think are underutilized, maybe, that need to be, you know, looked used more often yeah. in a game, maybe. So. Obviously, the you've got your charisma stats. Your charisma is mm-hmm. your, you know. I find that social skills in in D anD D social skills is very very broad. You have yeah your selection of skills is limited, but it covers a wide range of topics. So, for example, performance. Um, now, performance can be theatrical but it can also be musical or it can be dance. Yeah. 
But just because you have a high charisma stat doesn't mean that you should be good at all of those things, you know. And the problem I find with social stats is that there is no, there's no way to differentiate between somebody whose character is a dancer and somebody whose character is a singer. Mm -hmm. I find that that makes social skills quite difficult because it's just an overarching charisma. There's, there's no benefit really. And there's no way to specialize in certain things. So you could say, Oh, my character is a dancing bard, but do you actually have any benefits to the fact that they are a dancing bard? You know, can they, do they get benefits like to dancing? No, it doesn't exist. And I think that because of that flat, very flat spectrum, social skills tend to get overlooked. Yeah, I agree. Uh, They're just not as engaging. I don't now, is think that, is that down to like people want to hack and slash and do with the the martial stuff more in a game, for example, like D anD. I don't know because it's called a role playing game for a reason. You are hmm. playing a role, and I know a lot of people that want to role play. They you know they want to they want to yeah. be the valiant knight. But I also know people that are, you know, not very good speakers, not very good at um, getting their words out. And if they play a highly charismatic character and their DM is like, well, how do you convince, what do you say to convince this person, to persuade this person? Sometimes it becomes difficult for them to say something. So they then avoid those situations because they don't know how to deal with it. And I think this is where inspiration can come into play again. I think that rather than, rather than sort of dumping a lot of pressure on your players to, you know, it's, it's difficult. I'm trying to think of a good way to, uh, to explain it, but to encourage the use of social mechanics as yeah as a means to an end you should offer reward for it yeah like we mentioned before touched upon yeah there has to be some incentive to want yeah. to keep doing it and investing in that sort of aspect of the game yeah so for some characters they invest in charisma literally because it's their spellcasting stat. So paladins, bards, uh, warlocks, invest in it because it's their spellcasting stat. They don't really care about the things like the performance or whatever. Well, the bard might. But Mm. a lot of the time, things like persuasion and deception, intimidation, get overlooked because they're not very clear. They're not very... There's no encouragement to use them, I find, a lot of the time. And when my characters make 
certain types of, of check, uh, certain types of social check. I sometimes mix it up a bit. So I sometimes have them roll both persuasion and something else. Right. So I'll mix in something like a wisdom stat. You know, okay. you're you're in, you are persuading this person that your wisdom is uh, better than theirs, or whatever. And yeah, yeah. I'll mix it. I'll mix it up a little bit. I'll, you know, try and make it more fun. I, to be fair, I do that with a few other stats as well. I have a, I like to smash stats together because I don't think that D and D offers a full range of options for certain things but uh, that's a whole yeah that's a whole i do i do agree because there's other games where they'll be like give me uh i don't know a like you say a combined role which makes sense than just a flat dexterity it'll be like Hmm. or a flat strength or whatever it'll be give me i'm trying to think of the game but i can't think of it come i know there's a mechanic in a game it'll be it might be like a vampire, the masquerade, something along those lines. But there's, it, 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 you'll have to put two mechanics, two stats together, or there's a way around. I'm, I'm rambling. I can't remember. I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm desperately grasping at straws to try and remember what it is, but I can't. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> I just think that there's not not much incentive. Uh, I don't know if that's because of the way that. Maybe it's the way that adventures are written, or maybe it's this perception that you're playing TTRPGs to fight stuff, you know, punch things. You know, that, that's just how when people looking in on the outside, they're like, oh, yeah, you, you play swords and sorcery. No, 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 no. It's not just about that. It's There is a social element, and it is there. It is available. It's just not yeah. very expansive, and I think that's a shame. Yeah. I think that it, it should be expanded upon more. And there, there's so much in it that doesn't come out the way that it should, you know, like, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of difficult because I want, I have a player who is a journalist. So he is very good at writing and very good at speaking but he's not a musician. He's a bard, but he's not a musician. He's right. a talker. So why is he getting the same benefit to his musical instrument as he's getting to his speaking when he's actually written as a character that's not that good at music? Okay. Yep, I understand that. So the social mechanic there, like the performance mechanic... He's not getting any bonuses based on the fact that he has trained, as it were, yeah. as, a, as a writer and speaker, but not as a musician or a singer. And it, it's one of those things. I feel that social mechanics should be expanded upon. And if it means homebrewing some social mechanics, then I think that should people should do it because... I, I would like to see more social stuff happen. That's for we sure. managed, 
I managed to get a group of people to get through an entire scenario without blowing anything up. Well, yeah, that's the thing, they, isn't it? it? They blew something up in a much later episode. But the thing is, they did the whole negotiation thing. They were given tools with which to negotiate. They were given options. You know, I literally gave them a piece of paper in the instruction, if something happens, show this piece of paper and they should leave you alone. If they don't, mm. tell them to come speak to me. And I was like, they're not going to listen. They're just going to stab this person in the back because that's what that's what happened. That's with it, yeah. The very first group I play tested with ended up setting fire to an entire tavern. Oh, wow. They burned that's the like, thing to – yeah. right, so to be fair – very reactive. <laughs> to, to be fair to them, they didn't technically intend to burn the tavern down, um, but right. they were the ones that shot first. Right. So, so they started escalation. the fight. They started the fight. It escalated, and uh, the tavern got burned down. The second group didn't. The second group actually talked their way out of a fight. And ah, interesting. they used some of the tools that I literally have. Like, here's a piece of paper. You know, you don't have to fight. In fact, try not to fight. And the option's there. The option is always there to negotiate, to talk, to 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 do silly things like go go dancing, go and dance, yeah. role performance for a massage. Literally, that's. Something that happened in one of our games. Natural 20, by the way, for that bard wow. to give a dragonborn a massage, body scrub type thing. Um, and it, <laughs> uh, that, I was going to say something then, but I'm going to self censor. That led to some <laughs> very funny role play much later. And I think that's hmm. that's something that needs to be thought about as well because those mechanics can lead to some funny <laughs> results later on. That role for it was literally roll dexterity performance for this body scrub natural 20 everybody's embarrassed go. except the dragonborn who's having the time of her life you know yeah and later on there was some role play that was like you know you're so that was so embarrassing it's like why was that embarrassing it, it just led to a funny thing Not later for me. On. it was all fun yeah, was, yeah. Now, just thinking about when you said about putting two stats together yes like I was thinking then, if you're trying to persuade someone to give you information on something, or you were looking into something, I just looked at a character sheet then. So you'd probably go with persuasion and investigation because you're trying to persuade them to give you yeah. information, but you're also investigating what they know and things like that. Now, in an instance like that, as a DM, what would you do for their... Would you combine both their stats together or would you... How would that work? I it depends on if they're proficient. So I've me. got a character sheet here in front of me. It was the Kobold Bard we made in our character creation. Oh yeah. So I have a plus thirteen in persuasion. Yeah. And under investigation I have a plus four. Now, if you said to me, give me persuasion and investigation, for example, how would that combine to get me my role? Or would you just go like take the plus thirteen, add that to whatever you're trying to do? Or am I so, looking at a plus 17 to whatever I roll? I would say <laughs> you probably... The, the way that I've been doing it is that you would add a plus 17. 
to oh, so your you role. Both the proficiencies stats yeah. together. Yes. Interesting. I have seen character roles in excess of thirty. So like thirty four, thirty six. Wow. Not, not this is what we want to see, the big numbers. Yeah, the big numbers. So one of the characters tries to, uh, one of my characters has tried to recall information from a conversation they had with someone. Mm-hmm. I have them role history and insight because they okay. are not not only recalling facts or information they're also recalling things like context and nuance which is the insight part interesting so to extract new information from a recollection you know what what do i remember they saying how did they say it they're two completely different things and getting the nuance is important. So I have them add both to try and do it. The DC goes up, you know, if, if you want to do that in that way, the DC does go up because obviously the numbers are going up, but it only goes up, say like two or three steps. It's not a massive amount, but no, definitely combining stats in that manner gives you, obviously you've got the stat swapping. So, the breaking down a door using your intelligence stat rather than your strength stat kind of thing. People can do that because, oh, well, I'm going to uh, use my brain to construct a uh, a pivot and to lift the door off its hinges kind of thing. Like in um, Pirates of the Caribbean where they, lift the, yeah. where they lift the gate off. So, yeah, realises there's a barrel hinge. Yeah, that's right. You could open the door using your intelligence stat rather than strength. Mm. But combining, see, because recollection is your memory isn't just about recalling fact. It's about recalling context as well. But context is a wisdom thing, not intelligence. So Mm. it gets a bit like, ooh. Where's it go from here? Yeah. Yeah. So I think combining stats. I like, like that, yeah. Natural stats to combine are athletics and acrobatics because yeah. you it's like doing gymnastics. You, Especially uh, the type of stuff that you see in men's Olympic gymnastics, that's heavily strength-based with some dexterity in there, whereas women's is heavily dexterity with some strength. So you just flip it either you side. You flip really. it either. Yeah, you flip it yeah. over. But, like the fact that. Like that. but the fact cool. of the matter is they're still combined. You can't have one without the other. Definitely. You know, gymnastics Definitely. doesn't work that way. You can't have one without the other. Acrobatics yeah. technically doesn't work without the strength because if you're not exactly. strong enough, if you're not strong enough to yeah. support your own weight. It's going to be yeah. quite embarrassing pretty quickly. But then I, so, think there should, I think there should also be a reflex stat. Because the speed at which you react, because that's about perception and now you dexterity. Could, could you go, yeah, perception and sleight of hand, maybe? Because I think always sleight of hand is always to do with 
like thievery, but I always imagine it's just how quick and dexterous your hands are to get to whatever you want to do. So in that instance, that could be, I don't know, just a, and again. So, sort of, so sleight of hand is actually misdirection. Ah. Sleight of hand is about convincing someone to look at one thing and not the other. That's so, so, you know the spell prestidigitation? Yes. A synonym for prestidigitation is actually sleight of hand. They mean the same thing. It's basically about misdirection and trickery. So I think you would definitely have sleight of hand and deception would work well together. Um, Sleight of hand and perception, I do think they would work together because you would have to be watching the person to see their cues and things like that. So then you're you're going to with their slight you're using the sleight of hand to go along with their cues to maybe deceive them even more. Yeah. So the the okay. stats you use essentially two stats at the same time. I like you're it. watching for their insight would have been a good one as well. You know, are they hmm. are they buying what I'm what I'm weaving? To, yeah. That's a good one. Because if they're hmm. not buying what you're weaving it's obviously like, oh, what am I getting? You know, oh. I'm wasting my time with this one. Yeah, am I time wasting my on. time? Yeah, and yeah. I think combining stats, finding new ways to combine stats, I think, or swap stats or whatever. I think that's that's a something that, yeah, just to bring a different level of flavour to the game. I feel that's, yeah. that's a quite a good idea. So, um, what have gone? No, I was just gonna just gonna say that. Um, I would highly encourage experimentation with, you know, expanding social stuff. So I've been working on my own system. Yeah. And it takes some insight from the Cypher system, which allows you to specify certain areas in which your character is proficient. So you get law and you can say my character is proficient in law pertaining to biology okay interesting so anything biology related you gain an extra bonus to so you make your intellect role or whatever it is but you then add extra because you're you're extra proficient in it you're extra trained in it okay interesting and i like that idea so i've been experimenting with that kind of system where you can actually expand on it and these are trainable so you can actually increase your knowledge and understanding and get a bigger bonus by training by investing see that's another thing that's underutilized training you there is a system in D for training your character in new things it's done under downtime so it's probably overlooked quite a lot because i don't know a lot of Groups that heavily, heavily do downtime. But actually, there's so much you can do with downtime. And one of my characters learnt a language, learnt a whole language 
in their downtime. They learnt a new language. They learnt, like, three new spells. And they learnt, like, they improved their history score. And it was like... This is the way Why are we it. not... This is amazing. Why have I never done this? Why has this never happened before? Why have we never done this before? Yeah. It, it, like, again, it's another mechanic that's overlooked. So what other mechanic are, do you think, and I think we may have mentioned this before we recorded, flanking is another one mm-hmm. that te- people don't tend to get, take advantage of. So the problem with flanking, the, as I see it, if you can flank, so can your enemy. But that's, but that's half the fun. You've got to watch your rear. Always watch your it, six. Yeah, because in a real life situation, if you were in one of the in a dungeon crawl in reality, something may approach you from the back, from the side, from all angles. So you could be that moment where you're kind of like one in front of me, one to my side. I'm kind of yeah outmaneuvered here. Mm. So that sort of if it's good enough for you, yeah, then it's good enough for them. So all right, so. Flanking, I think, is a great mechanic, but I know quite mm-hmm. a few people that don't like to use it because of the fact that it gives the enemies a flanking thing. I like heavy strategy. I like strategy. You know, yeah. I love all those ta- tactical strategy type games. I will sit there and I will play for hours on these. I think I did like Red Alert and Command and Conquer and all of that. I, yeah. I love we loads did resource kind of... management and all that. Oh, sort of yeah, stuff. that. Yeah. I, absolutely. I'd sit there for hours. I could play that for hours on end. And I, I love it. I love strategy. So for me, adding flanking is just another way of encouraging strategic thinking. Mm. you know how are we going to trap this these people let's lure them into this tunnel where it's narrow and we can do this uh where should we you know should we fight this group or should we sneak because we might if we're loud we might call people from other corridors you know that kind of thing if you've got flanking in there you've got that to consider as well it's like i need to make sure that my wizard doesn't get anyone behind them kind of thing you know i mean if somebody sneaks up on your wizard you're kind of fucked anyway because they're they're made of glass but yeah they're going down (laughs) they're going down i mean one stab bang you go that that d4 of health ain't gonna help you no but i think i like flanking i would use flanking more if i could but I always give I give my players the option, do we or don't we? And I usually go with the consensus on in my groups. You know, if if most people say let's not use it, then I'll go with that because I'm not I'm not gonna force people into a situation that they're not comfortable with. But I yeah. enjoy it. I like flanking because it forces me to think strategically. It forces me to think six, seven steps ahead. And I like that. I like to think that yeah. far ahead. I plan for the long run. You know, it's it's just Definitely. it's just how I play. And yeah, no, totally I'd like to see more understandable. Thanking, thanking now, flanking, flanking, yeah, thanking, thanking. Thank you for joining. Cool. 
Is there any, is there any other mechanics before we wrap this one up that you can think of that are underutilized? Because I think we've covered quite a broad topic of main ones that are that don't seem to be used much. Uh, not as or, much as we would or like at the under same. Or underappreciated. Um, yeah. I would like to see. Now, this is just a personal preference, but I'd like to see better flying mechanics because I think that the way that flight works at the minute is a bit silly. You just have a flying speed and that's kind of it. Yeah, because it's like flying in... Flying in a canyon is very different to flying in the open sky because of wind pressure and things like that. Now, I would probably ask for some sort of dexterity checks or saving throws or something if you were flying in that sort of thing because you're. I, I'm thinking along the lines of a fighter jet. It has yeah. to manoeuvre, but the, the pilot has to be aware of, and ready to manoeuvre. Yeah. If... <laughs> They bank left, and there's a, 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 a canyon wall appears. You know, they come round so, a sharp corner. So, so why oh, would shit. that not apply? Yeah, <laughs> oh. well, I didn't realize it. Yeah, Boom. oh crap, eject. <laughs> and I think the same applies if you're having to fly because you have a fly speed. So you're going sixty foot per whatever. So yeah, you have to if you're taking sharp turns or you know maneuvering, then you have to check to see if you make it or you click yeah. a bit of the canyon wall and it slows you down or it throws you off or whatever. Definitely. So I think yeah, that, that has to be, you know, that's another me- game mechanic that could be used in that situation, like a little mini game, as it were. I also think that combat in flight, because... Um, I don't, I've don't. i never seen that, so I would like to see so that in a game. I have only seen it once. Mm-hmm. And basically, the two of them hovered in position and attacked as normal. And I was like, you might as well just do that on the ground. Yeah. There is... We want to see 60 foot, like, flying speed of 40 foot or whatever is going at each other. Yeah, they were basically hovering, and that for me is just not feasible. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I like there to be... Right, okay, I know it's... Right, before anybody's like, oh, it's just fantasy, it's just made up. I know... But have you ever seen, like, any of those flying characters in films just hovering and punching each other? No, they're uh, always no. they're going they're moving around. It's, I mean, we, um, Wakanda Forever is out on um, oh Black Thingy Panther, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out on Thingy at the moment, and Namor obviously he can fly. Mm-hmm. There is no point where he is stationary while fighting. He hovers it's in place. Movement. Yeah, he hovers in place, but he doesn't fight because the way that you, you know you'll unbalance yourself, you fall over, you go ass over tit, you'd look like a complete yeah. fool. <laughs> I'd like Definitely, to see. Yeah. I'd like to see more interesting mechanics for flight and flight combat because. Yeah. It doesn't feel 
it doesn't feel interesting effective. to me. It, yeah, it doesn't feel effective. And like you say, yeah. feel I'm thinking along, if you've ever watched the anime Dragon Ball Z out there, where they just <laughs> fly each other at full tilt and they're like, and stuff's happening. And that makes for a more fun game mechanic, I feel. Yeah, you're right. So a flying character would surely have advantage in some way, shape or form when dive bombing a ground-based character. If Without they're shooting, if they're diving down toward you, it's not only is that like a weird angle, it's like coming from up above you. you you're being driven into an unnatural defensive position. That's interesting. And then they've got to pull up, you know, mm-hmm. don't hit, don't hit the ground. And if they're coming that lot. <laughs> If they're coming at a steep enough angle, they're going to be going hella fast. Mm-hmm. You imagine, they say that you can kill someone by dropping a penny onto their head from the top of the Eiffel Tower. Yes. If I that's, don't know if that's true, but yeah. Well, I've been told it's something to do with the pressure of like uh, uh, the terminal velocity and the pressure and whatever. But if you can imagine someone flying at terminal velocity towards you from above. Think how fast a hawk dives. Yeah. That's damn quick. That's damn fast. You're yep. not going to have as much chance to react to that as it's your fucking Namor shooting out of the goddamn sky at you. Ouch. Well, yeah. You're going to get hurt. Well, I, I think on the receiving end of that, you're making dexterity saving throws at disadvantage to see if you even manage to get out of the way because you're gonna yeah like you say it's a movable force and stoppable object type yeah stuff you're being you're, you're being walloped in an unnatural <laughs> manner it's like just no this is why people fear like dragons and like gargoyles and stuff like that because they're flying they're above you. Yeah. It's unnatural. There has never been a creature that yeah. can do that to humans. That's why things coming out of the sky is so bloody terrifying. Mm-hmm. Because it just doesn't happen. No. So put that in a fantasy setting. You're where everything, where there's shitloads of things that are fucking bigger yeah. than you and can do it. <laughs> You're making some rolls at disadvantage to see if you get out yeah. of the way of that. Otherwise, you're taking some damage. Yeah, I think that, so that it's that's very, only... it's a very limited, very underappreciated, very underused potential mechanic, and I'd I'd love to see more of, yeah. of that. I think it and would I be. Think if you're yeah. listening out there, and any of this you want to incorporate into your games, please do, and let us know how it worked out. We want to hear some stories if you want to use anything we've spoken about whether it's the combined roles of the stats whether it's these sorts of stuff then yeah use it play test it let us know how it works out because we want to know hey and if I you think, have something yeah. you want us to test if you want us Give to us test a, something let us know yeah send us some stuff to test we'd love to test it and yeah. and see how it goes if there's a mechanic you can think of that's also under appreciated underutilized or, or whatever, then yeah, let us know at 2K at Podcast and we will endeavour to find time to try and play test it and give it a shot and see how it works and give you some feedback. 
Well, I think on that note, that's a good opportunity to wrap this episode up. I think we've covered think some so. good ground. So uh, some some air as well while we're around. And it. some air, ground, yeah. air, and all from sea, land, air, whatever, from every every angle, flanking or non-flanking. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> thank you for joining us once again, and we will catch you, you next time. Yeah. See you next time. Don't See forget to time. catch us on our socials as well at Illyria Payne yep. and at IO Shiv wherever you find your socials and your peoples and your face is stuff I don't know, and things. Stuff and yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Go have a look cool. at us for us. Don't look at me. And look yeah, and, <laughs> and, and don't look at me. <laughs> and watch us. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, I don't know. We've, time to go. Time to go. <laughs> I need tea. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.